What if you could learn how to root yourself in God's truth for your motherhood? What if you could become confident in Christ as you lived out every day of your motherhood, interacting with your kids, praying about what new stages you're coming into with different children, having a gospel perspective, not just for your own life, but even seeing how God is working in your kids' lives. So often we feel unbalanced, defeated, and exhausted because we do not have our mind anchored in what God says. We have our mind anchored in the fact that we need to know the right thing or we need to do the right thing. I want to invite you to join me in a course. It's a six-week course, and we are going to be talking about resetting your mind when your motherhood seems hard, so that in every day moving forward, you can be anchored in the one who has all the answers, and you can be confident, and you can be at rest. Come and join me. The link is down in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to When God Breaks Through a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are sitting in this series talking about the basics of the gospel story, understanding our story in light of Jesus. And we covered over the last two weeks something that I want to go back to, and I'm going to go back to every week at the beginning, which is this. Your motherhood is just one little facet of your beautiful multifaceted life. But sometimes we get confused with that. And so we believe that our motherhood is the most important role that we play. And that simply isn't true. We need to be careful that we're not idolizing our motherhood. But at the same time, for me, there's been so much spiritual growth attached to being a mom because it is a place where all the more clearly I can see my need for Jesus. All the more clearly I can see my need for help, for um, rescue is in this space. You know, I used to say before I had kids that marriage was a place that really highlighted to me my need for a savior because marriage really showed me how much sin I have. And then I had a kid and then I realized, oh my goodness, oh, now I see how selfish I am. I didn't know it. I thought I was that selfish because that was what was showing up in my marriage. And now I can see even more of a selfishness or even more of a pride or even more. I mean, fill it in the blank with your impatience. Fill it in the blank with sin and, it, and it, it gets highlighted all the more. So we use this and hear it when God breaks through. What I want to do, my prayer for every podcast that goes out is that we will help you connect 
the gospel story that Jesus loves you when you are the most unlovable and came to rescue you, that he might show himself in you and through you to a lost world, that he would be glorified and his name lifted high. If we can connect that to your real life moments, then you, your heart will respond to God more. Intimacy will grow with God more. And so we're using motherhood because it highlights our need for Jesus. But what we're going to talk about today goes across the spectrum of your life. We're going to talk today about mercy and the fact that God's mercy meets our mistakes. We talked last week about the fact that his great peace pursues us in a way that offers kindness that we've never experienced. And that we don't have to be prepared. That peace is there despite our poor preparation. But today we're going to talk about the fact that his mercy meets our mistakes. And we need to hold on to this truth because the enemy of the age wants to tell you and convince you that you are valueless. You are worthless because you're just full of mistakes. He might even be telling you that you are the mistake. But God wants you to know, to know in the bottom of your being that not only is there nothing about you that is a mistake, but no mistake that you have ever done or will ever do is beyond his mercy. And we need to understand that in our heads but we need to let it seep into the very fabric of our lives, the soul of our being, because it's only there that we can begin to do battle with an enemy that wants to convince us otherwise every moment of the day. You know, I have a precious little child who, she is such a delight. She is just so, such a delight from the moment she's born. She's been exuberant and full of personality And, um, she just has a really full emotional cup and I've used that analogy before in other podcasts. So if you have a highly charged emotional child, um, maybe you've heard that podcast about having a full emotional cup and how do you communicate with those kids? But, um, this is one of mine and I want to share with you something because she unpacked for me some truths about God's mercy In a day, it was almost like the Lord allowed me to see multiple instances with the same theme. So I want to share it with you because I think this will help God's mercy jump off the page to us and maybe give you a story that you can remember in your mind. But my little girl loves to throw parties, share party experiences, um, and give. So Spiritual giftings are beginning to emerge, and we see that in her. And she and I were at the store, and she had carefully picked out some heart-shaped cookies with pink icing and certain sprinkles and for her Valentine's Day party in her little classroom. And you know how that goes. They, you know, she, it wasn't like she needed to really debate. Did she want the icing pink or red or white? Did she want the sprinkles? Like it was important to her. And she was picking out what she saw as the most beautiful. 
the most wonderful. She was so excited. We talked all the way home about how good those cookies were going to taste and how much her her classmates were going to be excited because nobody knew that anybody was going to bring co- you know cookies in. It was going to be a surprise because there wasn't so much of a party. And and so we got home and she had been holding them in her lap in the car seat. And she gets her little body begins to get out of the car and the cookies kind of tumble out of the car, out of the open door. I couldn't catch them and they fall to the floor. And we pick them up and we carry them inside and I'm holding them and I knew that they were broken. But the moment she saw the broken cookies, her heart broke. She just melted down. So many tears and banging and thumps and flopping around. Remember, she's highly emotionally charged. It's just her preciousness. And and so this was a lot for her little heart to care for. And she knew that it had happened because she had allowed those cookies to fall. It was her mistake. And she was angry with herself. And she was disappointed in herself. And so she lost complete self-control. And there was nothing I could do to reassure her. She was certain that nobody would want her crumbled up broken cookies. That nobody would want her heart that she had bought because of her mistakes. So we kind of set the cookies to the side on the, on the counter and we make lunch. And we were, after lunch, we typically will read a book out loud as a family. And that's what we were doing. We we're reading a book and, and she was coloring on this art project that she had been working on for several days during the time that we do read alouds. And it was coming along beautifully. And then all of a sudden in the middle of me reading, she just lets out this ah yell and begins just crumpling up her paper. And she's sobbing and she's frustrated and she's just, it's never going to be good. She said, and I said, what are you doing? She goes, I've ruined it. It's ruined. And of course, we stop reading and all eyes are on what's going on. And we open up the paper again and we look, trying to understand why. Why is she so disappointed? And why is this so bad in her eyes? And she explains to us that she had colored, she had colored the lily pad in the wrong pattern of colors and ruined her picture. And to the untrained eye, everybody else looking at the lily pad, we could not see the mistake. Yet she could no longer see her sheet as beautiful because no matter the amount of hours, no matter the amount of coloring skill she had invested, Her coloring sheet was beyond repair in her eyes because all she saw were her mistakes. Now these are sometimes silly stories, right? Except that performance and comparison are tools the enemy wields in our lives. He just weaponizes comparing ours to somebody else's and actually constantly will tell us that our performance is less than. 
It's not as good. Can't you see your mistakes? And he does this to isolate us and to discourage us and to just bring shame into our hearts and our minds. And I don't know what in your motherhood that you look out on looks like broken cookies or messed up coloring pages. It may be memories of something that you did or you said to a child years ago that you feel like are just broken cookies that can never be repaired. It may be that today you've had a rotten day and you're just scribbling all over your child's pages of their heart and you can't get out of the patterning and you feel like you're just making mistake after mistake after mistake. And I know what the enemy's whispering. I know what he's saying because he says it to me. He says, you don't measure up. You're not like that, mom. You're not as good as she is. You can't do this right. You're messing your kids up. Everybody's going to be just needing horrible reprogramming when you're finished with them. All they have are, you know, that's going to be a bad memory. That's going to warp their idea about this or about that. You are not doing it right. I want us to understand the truth of the gospel. God meets us with his mercy. The only way we can fight the assault of the enemy, whether it's in your motherhood, and all I'm saying is it can be highlighted in your motherhood because you get many, many times in the day to be impatient, just that alone. And many, many times in your day to act selfishly. And the enemy will jump on every one of those opportunities and point out to you your impatience and your selfishness, let alone anything else you may do. That might be a mistake. But if we can begin to plant ourselves in the truth of the gospel, in the word of God, we can stand. You know, the the weaponry we hold onto is the armor of God, which is coating us in the gospel. And we stand with a sword and we stand with a shield. And we have to understand what the truth is. So we're going to go back. We did this in this verse in last week in peace, and we're going back to it. Not because it's the only verse, but because I want you to understand that the gospel is so rich in scripture that all of this is present in so many places. So it's present in the same passage from last week. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read it again. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Last week on the podcast, if you missed it, please go look at it. Please go listen. But we talked about what kindness meant there and how do we have peace 
We have a peace as a guard around our heart. That's two weeks ago because the kindness of God, him meeting us in our very need in his timing. That is his kindness. But today we're going to look at this word mercy. You know, I really want you to invite you to understand that there, we ha- I have a course that we've designed, and I'm walking many, many women through this course about resetting your mind and planting it in the riches of the gospel. It takes six weeks to go through, and today we're talking about one day out of six weeks, this one truth about the mercy. I want you to understand mercy and the fullness of mercy. I invite you to go find that course on, on the show notes or in the website on my website. And, and join me there and talk to me there. But for today, let's look at this. But God, rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he re- loved us, even when we are broken cookies with coloring outside of the lines, even then, when all around us are the broken cookies that we've shattered in other people, when we've scribbled all across our children's hearts because we were emotional that day or rude or selfish, like the mistakes that we make, God meets us with his mercy. And he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. But God's mercy doesn't just gloss over our mistakes. You see, that's what I think sometimes we believe. We believe that, okay, yeah, he meets our mistakes, but my kid's still left with the broken cookies. So then I'm still left realizing there's broken cookies. Or my kid still has written across their soul words I said when I was emotional or, or wrong, just wrong. And they're written across his soul. And yeah, there's a glossing and I'm forgiven and I believe that, Bethany. But there's still that. And the enemy can beat you to death with the that. And what I want you to understand is that God abides in that space. That he takes that poorly colored lily pad paper And he begins to paint his mercy on that child's heart and apply love and tenderness and grace there as he is also painting on your heart his love and his grace and his mercy. You see, when we surrender, when we repent, when we recognize the wreckage that we've done, it is not for it all just to be broken around us. It is so that mercy can move in and abide there. I referenced a book last week, and I'm going to reference it again because I think he has this beautiful word picture. His name is Dane Ortland, and the book is called Gentle and Lowly, and he has this beautiful word picture that he says at one point about mercy. But he basically, and I don't have it, so I'm not going to quote it. It's just he basically says that Mercy, we oftentimes believe that mercy slides through our mistakes like staying in a hotel for a little bit of time. Like it just slides through it and it moves on. 
And what I, and then he says, but the truth is that mercy takes the places that of our mistakes and makes a home there and mercy dwells there and mercy does work there and mercy lives there and mercy changes there. It changes that. And we need to understand the difference that God's mercy is not fleeting. His mercy is not for a short amount of time. His mercy doesn't move on. His mercy abides in the broken places that we have. Because he wants to take our broken Valentine cookie moments and he wants to make them divine fortresses of testimony. So he will stay as long as it takes to stay so that mercy is applied richly and fully. He is rich in mercy. It says in Ephesians 5.2, it says, He, meaning God, actually meaning Jesus, because he's, this is the author of Hebrews, is talking about Jesus being our high priest, chosen to act for us in relationship with God. And that he is the perfect high priest. And he says, he can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. And you see what the hope of this passage is for us, is that Jesus can deal gently with the ignorant. You see, there are many places in my children's lives that only now as they're becoming young adults and adults, do I realize that there were broken cookies. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know the mistakes I made. I didn't even understand the places I scribbled outside of lines. I didn't know the power of my words in that moment, that what would sink in, what they would hold on to. Like, I didn't know. I was was ignorant. Still need repentance. The enemy still now wants to kill me with it of going, you see what you did. And God goes, It is my place for mercy to abide. Now I'm called and we work through in the course, what does conviction mean and what does repentance mean so that mercy is applied? And I encourage you to go and to read and understand this. But in that space, God's mercy does a work that nothing that me as a mom can do to fix those cookies, to fix that page that I've colored poorly. But not only does God, does it say that Jesus deals gently with the ignorant, in some ways I can see that. That one makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know anything, I mean, I'll deal gently with you. If you didn't know something was wrong and you said I didn't know it was wrong, my heartbeat is to deal gently with you. But the second, and the wayward. You see, the wayward, they know they're wrong. And they choose to be wrong. See, I think that this is where the Hebrew author goes, listen, you're Jesus, you're Savior, you're high priest who is engaging on your behalf. He is absolutely dealing gently with your waywardness. He is applying mercy to your sin. The 
you knew you were sinning. There are days, full confession here, where I know I'm being ugly as I'm being ugly to a child. Where I know I'm being impatient as I'm being impatient and I am choosing it. And that is wayward. And then I get beyond it and I go, why would I be like that? Why would I do that? What is wrong with me? And the enemy starts pounding at me with, you're messing it all up. You're the worst. And God goes, repent. Come back to me. Let me deal gently with you. Let me make this a place where my mercy abides. The gospel is rich for us. It is not this one and done thing that Jesus died for me and saved me from sin so I could live the next 80 years and make it through. The gospel is there that you and I may experience his mercy, making our mistakes different and meeting our mistakes every single day. Whether it is in our mothering, in our marriage, in jobs that we do, the way we relate to the cashier at a grocery store, the way we relate to our own parents, to our siblings, to friends, the way we relate in church. Like, there is not a space that I don't make mistakes. A lot of them I can ignore. For some reason in motherhood, they just seem to scream at me when I lay in bed at night. But when I lay in bed at night and they begin to scream at me, I need to return to this phrase that God, rich in mercy, he has great love for me. And even when I am dead in my sin, full of broken cookies and messed up pictures, he made me alive with Jesus It is by grace I have been saved. It is by grace you have been saved. And he did it so that he could display the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness to us through Jesus. And in motherhood, we have this beautiful opportunity to see it on display and for it to just sing out of our being to our children. If I can encourage you one thing with your mistakes, own them to your kids. Let them understand mercy is so mandatory and it is so richly given. It makes their apologies much easier for them to give when they have seen you needing God's mercy. God tends our broken pieces. He doesn't love like we love. He loves in a way that is beyond what we understand naturally. But the more we begin to look at him and seek him and plant ourselves in his word, we will begin to experience his love. And it will become the love that we begin to gain and to love with. Again, I invite you 
to come join me over in resetting your mind when motherhood seems hard. It is just we are resetting our mind in the gospel. It's all around motherhood, but it is not for motherhood alone. It is for our whole lives. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.